you know, you need to think about those things that you don't want people to remember about you as well while you're in college because you might be trying to do business with them at some point in time as well. Welcome to the Be Epic Podcast, brought to you by the Sam M. Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. I'm your host, Brent Williams. Together, we'll explore the dynamic landscape of business and uncover the strategies, insights, and stories that drive business today. Today, I have with me uh, the trifecta uh, from First Security Bank. I've got John, Nathan, and Adam Rutledge. And so, all of you, thanks for, for joining me today. You're welcome. Uh, Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to have these three because they're proud U of A, Walton College alum, and making a cool impact in the state. Um, and so, you know, I might maybe just start a little bit with those that are listening that Many are probably familiar with First Security Bank, uh, but maybe not everybody. You guys are a bank really focused on Arkansas. John, give us just a little bit of maybe the history of First Security and, and what the footprint looks like. Sure. Um, you know, First Security Bank was started in 1932. Uh, it, you know, if you think about the, the majority of the time of its existence, you know, banking regulations and laws in the state of Arkansas pretty much meant that every town uh, in the state of Arkansas had a state charter bank, a national charter bank, and a savings loan. And First Security Bank was the state charter bank in the town of Searcy. Um, you know, th if you think about 1932 and the Depression, that's when most community banks were kind of kick-started uh, from scratch. And it was just a, a, a you know, a capital raise in the community and, and gathering around business people that know that, 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 you know, a bank is needed for a healthy economy in a local community. And so anyway, fast forward quite a bit of time, our family got involved, uh, our grandfather and dad got involved in 1977 with the bank. Uh, there's definitely an entrepreneurial background with both uh, my, both of our grandfathers on both sides of your mother and dad. And, uh, so this idea of you know having an opportunity to, to own a small little bank in a, in a great small town in Arkansas uh, came to fruition in 77. We were all born there. And... Um, you know, if you go through the, the decades, if you will, since uh, dad and our grandfather got involved with the bank directly, you know, there's a lot of change and evolution in banking. And, and uh, most of that, in hindsight, turned out to be a great opportunity for a security bank, probably having to do with just the opening up of competition, being able to grow across the state, uh, which is what led us to Northwest Arkansas back in 97, 98. Ranching okay. laws were changing. And really, through that period, gave us an opportunity to move from what had been uh, uh, an acquisition mindset of local community banks around the state, slowly but surely, just kind of one at a time, to an opportunity to really grow on a brand and, and being able to kind of spread that across the state. Um, so if you fast forward all the way today, we're, for the most part, kind of the, uh, we look like a funnel. If you were to layer a funnel over the state of Arkansas, hmm. the bottom of that would be kind of Hot Springs, Garland County moving into Saline and Little Rock, uh, Saline County, Little Rock, Pulaski County, and then it moves over to Northeast Arkansas and to Jonesboro through Searcy, where it all began, and it kind of moves across the northern part of the state, down I-40 and up to Northwest Arkansas. And um, you know, the company was I think 46 million in assets uh, when Dad and our grandfather bought the bank uh, in '77, and we're about seven and a half billion in assets today. Asset size is how you kind of measure a bank. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of other factors as well, but, but that's kind of the way people talk about banking. Um, and it's been, it's been a, uh, a neat opportunity for us to get involved and, 
you know, ultimately the kind of core of who we are is uh, a, a whole network of community banks that focus on the local community. And I still kind of to the spirit of what the bank's purpose was in 1932 in Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I think, you know, you you kind of mentioned family, and I think family's part of the reason we're here today. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we've had a wonderful opportunity to kind of not only be a family business, but also, you know, have a culture of family inside our company. And then that opportunity to really think family and really serving our local communities is ultimately at the heart of who we are. Well, yeah, you know, tremendous growth and uh, and, a, and a real focus on Arkansas. You mentioned, you know, you mentioned a broad coverage of the state, but you guys have chosen really specifically to focus on the state and, and your role in the state, um, which uh, which I think is a, a wonderful part of the story. You know, well, you mentioned family, so I'm going to play off of that probably. Um, and, and maybe Adam uh, ask you, uh, you know, so all three of you are involved. Your dad's still involved. Uh, why is it so important for the three of you to have stayed involved in, in this business? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's important for the three of us to be involved because, you know, the foundation that our grandfather and dad have set before us and, uh, you know, just getting an opportunity to uh, work alongside them uh, and just uh, learn from them and uh, at the same time work along, you know, your brothers and your siblings. Um, you know, we were, were very fortunate to uh, be close as, as a family and close as brothers. And, uh, you know, it's just a natural fit going back to Dad's initial opportunity uh, coming from a small town in uh, South Arkansas, Smackover, to uh, the University of Arkansas and the Walton College. And, um, you know, I think that opportunity for him and the relationships that he gained through that is what drives his passion for this state uh, and this college and this, you know, university. So that opportunity and, and you know, he, he gives a lot of credit to that, just the relationships that he got here. And, uh, you know, he, he still credits those today. I know he didn't get to make it up here today, but he was going to be with some of those friends today, That's matter right. of fact. Uh, but just, uh, you know, a family business is fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting to brainstorm and, and, and solve problems together. Uh, you know, we are in different parts of the state, mm-hmm. uh, which probably makes it a little easier. We're not uh, quite on top of each other's toes, uh, but we have been intentional about getting together uh, at least twice a month. Um, and, you know, uh, one of those meetings is, is pretty formal. The other is whatever agenda we want it to be. Okay. And um, we haven't always done that, but um, as as the company's become more dynamic and opportunities have arisen, we've we've had to set aside that time to be strategic, uh, to have those discussions that are important. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like a lot of fun. Being around you guys is certainly a lot of fun, and. You know, you know, Adam. You mentioned the U of A as a as a core part of your dad's story in building his network. But Nathan, uh, all three of you have attended the Walton College, um, and and I just kind of wondered what it's meant to you all personally. Oh, and I, maybe I'll go to everybody on that. Yeah, I think we all Nathan. all have kind of our own story with it. The just thinking back to our dad's story and kind of his connection with it, just in conversation if you were to bring it up or have him talk about his story and kind of how it all connects 
from South Arkansas all the way to being in banking in Searcy. When he gets to the portion of the U of A and the connections and the friends and the relationships, I mean, you can just tell that so much of everything that he has become ties back to the relationships that he developed here and what he learned here, obviously, as well. Um, and so, to me, that's fun to see in him because you can, over the years, his passion for, for the Walton College and the university comes out in lots of ways, uh, whether it's calling the hogs or whether it's trying to work on connecting the dots between people he's met through the university. And each of us, um, you know, tied back to the family business side of things, none of us ended up in the bank on purpose or on some long-term strat- strategic plan. It all just sort of kind of happened its own way. Uh, and I would say the same goes for the university. We we all just sort of ended up here. Now, we had lots of connections here with family in Northwest Arkansas, coming to Razorback Games and having fun up here. Uh, but we were never encouraged or forced to come to the University of Arkansas. It was always just something that each of us made our own decisions. So I think just from a parenting style, it was kind of it's kind of fun to look back and think about how we really were given encouragement to to go and work hard and be successful and and don't be lazy and get up every day and go to work. But uh, the University of Arkansas was some always something that I think they knew that they would like for us to go to. But the only really encouragement was just. If you're going to work in Arkansas, whatever you do, the relationships that you build at the University of Arkansas are going to pay dividends, I promise. Mm-hmm. So if you plan on staying in Arkansas, that's where we kind of got a little bit of encouragement. But we all were, I felt like, given free reign to kind of think through that decision on our own, well, which being the youngest son, I think is probably a little different. John and Adam both might have different stories with that. but I have a little bit. I have a little different memory, uh, primarily from the standpoint that you know, if, if dad was going to pitch in any towards my further education, and I wasn't smart enough to get scholarships, so uh, I didn't have too many options that, uh, you know, there wasn't, if I was able to get into the University of Arkansas, that was where he was going to contribute to my education outside of the state uh, for the most part. You know, I was going to have to figure that out on my <laughs> own uh, through student debts and other things, but uh I do remember that encouragement, and, and to echo Nathan, you know, if you plan on doing business in the state of Arkansas, it's sure important. You're a step ahead of your competition if you already have those that foundation of relationships uh, that, that you gain while you're on campus. Yeah, and John, I assume that, you know, I mean, you, you, you said, I think you said something like you're a, like this network of community banks sort of quilted together into First Security Bank. Uh, community banking is remarkably relationship driven, you know. Sure. So, uh, so I'm sure that's part of the key advantage. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think, uh, I mean, ultimately, if you, you know, like I said, hindsight's such a great way to to kind of view things. And, and even though you may have gotten there by mistake or by some natural path and and not in some strategic plan, you know, you can look back and really appreciate certain influences, right? And one thing's for sure: being in the family business now. Um, you know, raising their own kids now and just with all that's going on across the state and we're all in different markets, we, we, we overlap some, but not always. We have these bonds that kind of, you know, keep us together. A, it's work, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's family, but we also have this tie to the university and to Walton College and growing up Razorback fans. And there's just, 
there's something about all that that helps pull you together and, and instead of dividing you or maybe feeling disconnected. And I can't imagine what it would be like, honestly, thinking about it, just listening to everybody talk, of what would it have been like if one of us went somewhere else and, and would have felt like that kind of left out outsider, honestly. And whereas now... You know, we're all thinking about the Razorback game this weekend, or we're all thinking about what's happening with a recruiting class, or what's Walton College doing, or, you know, how's it growing? Everybody cares about that because we are all connected to it. Yep. And uh, as family, I think it's more about what keeps you connected as you start raising your own kids than it is about the things that maybe divide you or, or, or make you independent. Yeah. Well, I... You know, that, that point of connectedness I talk to our students about all the time. I mean, you know, when you think about what you what you get out of a college experience, certainly what you're learning and what's happening in the classroom, critical internships, work experiences. But I, I, I encourage our students not to underestimate the power of building a network while they're here because uh, it is maybe the best asset that they can build, in my opinion. Yeah, and one of the advantages, you know, that we've had is that if you go from the beginning of my time here to, you know, through Adam's time and Nathan's time, and there's some overlap through there, but, you know, that's that's several years, probably covers almost a decade of time where one of us was here with a connection to, to, to different groups of people. So uh, now that we're all on the same team working every day together, if you will, you know, between the three of us, there's about a decade of Walton College uh, students that we probably have a connection with, which is kind of a neat advantage in Arkansas. Absolutely. And, you know, in Arkansas, is kind of a unique place, right? I mean, the the degrees of separation in Arkansas are very, very few. Uh, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tight, close-knit state, and I, I think that's what makes it so fun to be a part of not only the state but the business community. Absolutely. I had lunch with a guy yesterday. Um, first, first time we've really met face to face and discussed, you know, life and work and everything in between. And, uh, you know, he crossed John and I here in here in, uh, at the Walton college and, uh, the university and the connections were just, you know, profound in a matter of an hour lunch of, you know, just across the board of, of how many common folks we know. And it was kind of surprising. We've never really known or met each other. Yeah. Uh, but going back to, you know, it is a small state, and it's amazing how you can, those relationships really cross up. Yeah. The word seems to be getting out uh, that this is a, a great place to live and, and a great <laughs> state to do business in. Uh, we've certainly seen that, you know, in, in the growth of the college. Um, well, you know, I wonder, you know, as you guys are, are looking forward, the banking industry is is one that has changed. You know, John, I think you started off, you mentioned you know, being in a regulated business, uh, you know, as you've talked about some of the growth. So I know regulation is something I'm sure that's changing. The way I'm sure you're connecting with your customers digitally is changing. So I guess as you guys are looking forward, uh, you know, over the next, I don't know, you know, five, 10 years of, of, of the bank, what's some of the things that you've got on your mind about how the industry is changing and how you're adapting to that? It's a tough question. I would say just that it is changing. Uh, and as I've kind of come up a little bit behind John and Adam, the thing that I, when the conversation around any particular type of service or connection point comes up, it seems like we always end up with kind of the both and 
conclusion, which is, you know, we want to be able to continue to maintain kind of the same customer service, the same connections with our customers in person, but we got to figure out how to meet them where they want to be met at the same time. But we don't want to just be there. We want to be there in person as well. So I think we're always trying to, to kind of figure out what's the both and. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the challenges we face is that kind of the banking industry's been around for a long time. So a lot of the providers that we have great relationships with, vendors or what have you, they've been around for a long time. So the technology that they have is big because it's had to grow over time, but it might not be as nimble. And so we're always kind of battling conversations around trying to meet the needs of our customers now, but we have these legacy relationships that are not easy to change. Do we do we want to jump into that right now or do we want to be more patient because it might take some of our partners a little longer to get there? And there's different phases that we're able to move through where we can solve that one on our own. We might choose to be patient uh, to get there or there's other things that we're able to go kind of challenge our team to go be creative and find a different vendor, find someone else that can make it fit and make it work so that we can meet our customers where they want us to be now, even though we hadn't gotten there. So then another thing that's fun is just, you know, with all year, the governor, uh, the prior governor talked a lot about coding and development. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've kind of had a little bit of fun trying to see and experience what is, what would somebody like that on our team be like? Uh, what, What problems could we solve? And so trying to kind of think through that and trying to create our own solutions has been a fun experience uh, just the past few years. I think about uh, some meetings and discussions we've had over the last, you know, 12, 24 months. And, uh, you know, this is kind of strategy related, not as much industry related, but it kind of goes hand in hand about, you know, who we are. And uh, we find ourselves from a size standpoint uh, much smaller than our big regional competition that are that are Arkansas based, but uh, larger than you know just you know a few market ba- uh, community banks mm-hmm. that that think more like we do, and uh, you know so we we really want to focus in a, in the future, remembering what got us here, yeah, and and the steps that it took to be successful, and but at the same time you know. We've got to be able to bring in added technology, and uh, you know, so so the the term that comes to mind, we've got to be a kind of that big little bank. Huh. You know, we still got to be nimble and function, and and you know, provide that you know uh, that quick service, quick uh, answers to our customers, uh, but we're able to do some some bigger stuff as well uh, due to our size. So, um, you know, I think that's important for us to to remember our past as we think about the future and, and the direction we want to go. And, um, you know, with, with the three of us pretty close to the past, yeah. I think that's something the three of us can, can make sure that we stay grounded in that past, but yet really focus about the future and, and what we can be as a bank, uh, for, st- for the state of Arkansas. My, uh, if I, if I can add in yeah. Yeah, my way of thinking about it, uh, from a technology perspective and just how fast things have, I mean, it's, ultimately been changing our business since the day we all start working at it, right? Mm-hmm. But but there's been a real rapid pace lately and then there's been, a, you know, really behavior changes of things like COVID and, and, and work from home and all these other things that have really put the accelerator on some of that. 
but ultimately, if you look at it, really in our business and specifically, I think that technology is your ticket in the game, yeah. right? Uh, is and is that ticket that you need to stay in the game changing? Yes, constantly, mm -hmm. but it is not determining who wins. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think there's so many industries where technology has an opportunity to come in and be such a disruptor that it it literally determines the winner and loser. Yep. Banking is so relational. Um, there's just no way to really cookie cutter majority of what we do in our communities across Arkansas that we really feel like our you know, secret sauce or our competitive advantage is not necessarily the technology. It's it's a lot of other things. But we got to make sure we got to take it in the game to have a chance. Yeah. Right. So. We spend, I would say we're very conscious of it. We have a lot of conversation around it. We've got teams focused on it. We want to make sure we're not getting left out. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge effort towards, let's talk about what determines who wins. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of other stuff. What a good point. I don't want to, I'm going to recap what I think I heard there, but don't let me put words in, in your mouth, but get, react to this. So I think what, what what you're saying is, yes, you know, technology, your technology as a bank is, going to have to evolve with with customers and you know um that range of customers you serve you know looks very different right some are sure. much more uh technologically driven than others but but no matter what no matter if we're talking about you know uh, a, a new college graduate you know that is borrowing money or opening a checking account to you know your most experienced business owner you know that you're servicing still relationship is key to competitive advantage absolutely right you know it's, it's relationships with our fellow bankers too we're, we're mm -hmm. extremely fortunate to have a great great team across the state um you know it's all you almost wish you had more time it's sitting in my seat and we had a lender summit over the last you know 12 months that we had three different sessions you know it would be it's so fun to get together as big groups different markets all in one spot and spend some time together brainstorm strategizing and it's something that's you know as we've grown it's hard to do yeah when you find time to be out of the office all at once and and we had to do it in three different sessions but it just it reminded you man i wish we could do that more often yeah you know going back to connection yeah you know connect connection not just in your community your customers but within your team mm -hmm. I'm really interested, you know, in, in banking, if you're going to be relationship driven and or that's your competitive advantage and you're still, I think you said, I think you said, you know, we're going to be a big little bank. Uh, that means you've got to be able to attract really good people into those markets. Uh, and that's not easy, right? You know, I'm sure there's a lot of competition for those people. How do you guys think about attracting and and retaining talent throughout your organization never stop working on it i think it, it's always part of the conversation yeah. i just it, it is it's uh i think we've had some conversations and been forced to have some conversations over the past couple of years about people and kind of what's our planning process and how does all that work and are we on it are you are you doing enough do you have a good plan and our response has always been, we we kind of all do it all the time. We're we're always thinking, we're always talking. Um, but as far as just moving forward, I don't know that we have any great, brilliant ideas on how we attract the people that we've got. But we've got wonderful people. I think 
yesterday that uh, I stepped in real quick to a little training session that we had uh, in Searcy on customer service, um, and I just snuck in for the last hour and kind of sat in the back uh, to see how it was going, and the last hour was a fun little hour that I actually ended up at the end making comments about I, I should have come all day. All those things were basic, but I needed to hear everything y'all were learning. Um, and there's a fun little video that our uh, training team had put together that facilitated that day worth of training, and it was lots of little interviews of all of our different people talking about lots of the different things that we want to train and incorporate. Uh, and they all were asked what makes what's the difference in first security and our training and marketing group that kind of did the video said it was awesome to hear the answers to these questions and we got to that one everyone said the people that's what makes a difference here at first security so as far as our plan to hire the best people moving forward we're always thinking about it but but i would say probably the people we have already are who are helping us attract more good people um, and so that was just a fun little instance where getting everybody in one room, loved seeing everybody. They all had good stories. They were all sharing good things. And then to hear that last video kind of cap off about they all said it's the people that makes the difference. And I would say it's probably the people that are helping us continue to attract good people. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's, we got a really, we're fortunate to have a really strong culture. We're fortunate to have some amazing people that are ultimately the ones who are supporting and holding up to that culture. And, and living that out daily in, in all our markets. And so when it comes to, you know, the idea of adding new people to the team, I think, you know, it seems like making sure there's a great fit. Does that person fit our culture? And and more importantly, we better make sure they know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. But more times than not, what Nathan said is exactly right. We have the opportunity to add them to our team because they already know our people and they already know our culture. Mm. So it's really just, um, it's the work that everybody else has done holding this high standard. That great people attract great people. They really yeah. do. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Well, before before this started, we were all kind of reminiscent, you know, about what the what the university looked like when when you guys were here when I when I came here for the first time. Um, so it makes me think I, I might close with a question. I'd love all all of three of you to weigh in on. You know, put yourself back, I don't know how long ago it was that you're, you know, a Walton College student uh, ready to graduate or middle of, middle of, you know, you kind of got through the freshman, sophomore year, you're starting to figure out what you want to do. Um, knowing what you know now, what's one piece of advice, you know, that you would give one of these 8,000 undergraduate students or so that's a part of the Walton College today? I think ultimately is get to know the people you're in class with uh, and get to know your instructor. And predominantly, though, it's the person sitting to your right and your left. And yeah. I, I think sometimes, you know, obviously in college, there's so much fun to be had. Yep. And I can think of lots of days I couldn't wait to get out of class and go, go enjoy some of that. But, you know, you really will be amazed looking back where the people are sitting left and right of you and in that class with you where they might end up and, and, and where your paths might cross again. Mm -hmm. And I think if you had the perspective of knowing that I'm going to have a high likelihood of running into these people again, and there's an opportunity possibly even do business with them. I literally had a cold call this week from a guy that I was in college with mm -hmm. 
to Walton College, calling me about an opportunity, and I have not seen him in over 20 years. Hmm. And I don't know how he got my cell phone, hmm. but he did, and he was persistent, and it was a great conversation just to catch up. Hmm. And so to me, it's just really be aware of the fact that you're sitting in a class with a bunch of people that you'll probably do business with or have an opportunity to. You know, John, building on that, uh, it was a couple nights ago that I got to talk to about 400 freshmen sitting in an auditorium. And and one of the things that I told them, I walked to one side of the auditorium and said, there's somebody sitting here that if you go across the room, that's going to get to know somebody across the room they don't know. And there's going to be a relationship that's going to impact their career. They're going to do business together. You know, something's going to happen because of those relationships. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, he took a good one. He you know, did. And then Adam, uh, and so how are you going to follow that up? I think the only up? thing you can do is just kind of piggyback <laughs> okay. off that, really. Obviously, the, the academic side of it's important. Uh, and, and I was one that I needed to be sitting on the front row, and I was encouraged by my father to sit on the front row. And so I remember that still to this day. So I'm, I would pass that along as well, is mm -hmm. be in class and sit on the front row. Uh, because the the academics are important, uh, but the relationships are equally as important. And to piggyback on what John said is is not just the potential of doing business with somebody in that room, but you know I was 18, did some stupid things. You know I was 21, did some stupid things. You know you need to think about those things that you don't want people to remember about you as well while you're in college because you might be trying to do business with them at some point in time as well. Mm. And so um, just just thinking back, I didn't think about that while I was in college that, you know, huh, some of those things I did in college, that might be what I'm remembered by somebody I'd like to do business with today. What, so, a, what a good point. You know, I, I don't think I've heard that one exactly when I've asked this question to podcast guests. Take care of your reputation. Absolutely. Uh, from, from the act. That's all you got. And it's it's hard to, uh, when you lose it, it's hard to get it back. So, you know, I, I just, I think about that. And I did like to have a good, good time in college. And, uh, um, you know, I think it's important that reputation, your last name, you need you need to protect it. What a good point. How are you going to follow that up, Nathan? Oh, I I guess I'll take a different angle a little bit and point out something that that may be a relevant or may not. But the uh, thinking about just myself in college and other people that I knew in college, you kind of had opposite ends of the spectrum. You had some that were just in college. They were going to get through, but they were going to have fun. They weren't really worried about life. They knew they'd figure it out eventually. They might kind of pick a college, but they didn't really know why. And you had others that... Uh, whether they were able to be focused and knew their path but still have fun or not have fun, not participate because they knew their path. You people that didn't know their path and did, uh, and they just kind of went along their way. I feel like things that I've gotten involved with just in communities, thinking about workforce development, economic mm -hmm. development in small town, Searcy, mm -hmm. uh, thinking about high school kids, thinking about different types of job opportunities, whether it's college-bound or whether it's getting into the workforce out of high school. Uh, regardless, I think about how so many people just don't know what they're good at. They don't know what to do. You just hear that so much, even from people that I know my age now. I uh, still feel like they stumble around, and I had somebody well into working at Cruise and Little Rock kind of suggest maybe going to do some aptitude testing 
and really I just thought it might be fun just because I know John and Adam and I are going to work together for the rest of our lives. It might be kind of fun to know a little bit of where I should lean. Mm. Uh, I guess I could be a little bit of the stubborn one in the family, so I kind of thought there's a chance I might lean one direction out of being stubborn, and that's really not how I was designed. Mm. So I spent a little time going through this latitude testing and found it really interesting, thought it was good for me, and since then I've always just thought back of, of, of kind of how the high school path, the college path, regardless if you want to get serious at life now or whether you want to kind of get through but have a lot of fun, it's probably a good idea to just have a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of a thought of kind of how you're designed and what you might want to lean towards. So that could sort of guide you. So to me, I think it was a fun, a fun opportunity to kind of learn a little bit about how I was designed. I think it might be good for others to think about and I, and I wish it was done more mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. regardless if you're the type that's head down and I'm working hard through college or you're making your grades but you're having a lot of fun it, it's going to set you on the path that is probably going to help you get to where you want to go so I would encourage folks to think about that to 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 make sure I echo what he's saying is yeah. he got Adam and I to do it as well yeah and you know I I found it really helpful yeah and what's been awesome, not only did it help the three of us kind of have a better feel for each other, it's helped me communicate things with people I'm responsible for at work today mm-hmm. in in ways that just really helps them see things a little different mm-hmm. than, you know, most of the world is so much more clear cut. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, this kind of mindset really kind of opens someone's mind up to some new way of thinking and I agree. And it gives you a little bit of a language to talk about, right? Right. You know, it kind of, it helps you understand yourself, helps you understand others. And then it kind of gives you a common language that you can use like, oh, okay, now I know what that means when I'm seeing this person act this way, or this is how they respond in, uh, in periods of of stress and and all those sort of things. So, well, uh, I wanted to say thank you all for being willing to spend this time today and be on the Be Epic podcast. Uh, it's kind of a rare opportunity for me to get to sit down with three brothers that are involved in uh, in in a big business throughout Arkansas. So thanks for what you're doing in the state. And thank you for what your family has done for the Walton College and for the University of Arkansas. We're, uh, we're certainly proud of, uh, of all of you and what you're doing. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you and to the University and the Walton College for what you've done for our family. Absolutely. On behalf of the Walton College, thank you for joining us for this captivating conversation. To stay connected and never miss an episode, simply search for Be Epic on your preferred podcast service.